chapter 12, I'm going to be using that as a launch pad to think about how God takes all of us, the different people he calls together as his church, and draws us together to do his work. Each of us has something to contribute to that. There's no one here tonight, whether you're here for the first time or you're here every week, who doesn't have something that God has put in your life to contribute to his people. Maybe you're new to the church. Maybe you've never had any involvement in the church. And you're thinking, what does that even mean? Well, I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk about that. But maybe you're here every week and you're thinking, I'm here. I'm learning God's word. But I don't think I actually have anything to offer to the church. I don't know how to serve. I don't really know what my purpose in life is. Well, I'm glad that you're here too. All of us need to be encouraging each other because... Wherever we are in understanding who God is and how he has called us into his family and called us to receive his gospel and to be saved and to experience his transformation and all those things, wherever we are in that, we're going to be struggling to figure out how to apply our unique set of abilities, gifts, into the body of Christ. It's not something we learn all at once. It's not something that we finish learning in this life. There are going to be different needs at different times. But God has gifted us and he's called us. And together we encourage each other and we seek to do what he wants done. Because as he uses us to do that, as he uses us to accomplish his mission, we get to see transformation in the world. We get to see hope given to people. And we get to help each other. So let's go ahead and come before God. Ask that he would guide us. And then we'll dig in. Let's pray. pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the calling that you give us. Lord, will you help us to, to understand that as you call us, you don't call us simply as a bunch of parts to be thrown into the bin, but rather unique individuals that you care about. In fact, you have made. And as we reflect on that, will you help us to know how to take the unique attributes that we have and apply them for your work, to apply them for your kingdom, to, to see those things come out so that we don't sit around wondering, do I really have a purpose? Do I really have meaning in life? But we would know that you are using us and we would see the good that comes from that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we've all put something together at some point. Maybe you like to go to Ikea. We all joke about Ikea. Now everything there comes disassembled and you have a lot of parts to put together. And so you open the box of parts for your new bookshelf or your table or whatever it might be. You take all these parts and you start looking at them. And if you're like me, you start thinking, well, I think I see the pattern here. I'm not even sure I really need to look at the diagram. I think I can put this together. And most, most of the time, I can do that. Most of the time, if I start to see the pattern of how everything goes together, I can put the pieces together and, 
and there's, there's the finished, finished project. project. But, but then, then there's, there's that, that disconcerting moment, that moment as it seemingly is all together that there are spare parts. I really want to think there's spare parts. And yet and there's, there's a part of me that realizes that more than likely, most companies aren't generous enough to give you a bunch of spare parts. If there are things sitting there, it probably means I overlooked something. And it might not look important in the moment. It may look like a bookshelf is holding. But then you start to put books on it and it falls over. You start to set the table for for a party on your brand new Ikea table and the leg falls off. And it's not a fault of Ikea, it's not a fault of the table, it's a fault of the person assembling it who has spare parts. We, we don't want spare parts. We want to see how each part works. And the thing that we need to know about our God is he doesn't give the church spare parts. If you are here tonight, you're not a spare part, you're not a redundancy, God has something for you to do. Maybe you don't even yet know Jesus, and you think, well, wait a second here, let's slow down. But I think it's good, even if you're still trying to figure out what you believe, to hear this, because the thing that you need to know is that God offers this gospel to you, he offers salvation to you, he offers to bring you into his family, but he doesn't do that just so that you can go on a shelf. He goes up because he loves you, and he's gifted you, and he's enabled you to do something. And so when you come into the church, or you return to the church, or you come in every single week to the church, you have a purpose. God has something in mind for you, and that's what we're going to be thinking about here. Because it's not a new question. Maybe we have the luxury in modern times to think about it a little bit more. We can think, well, what do I want to do with my life? Or what do I want to do with my retirement? And in the ancient world, oftentimes it was, well, I guess I better go out to the field and start plowing because otherwise we're going to starve to death. And yet, when we look at the New Testament times, it's really not as different as we might think. Because even in those days, what were people doing? They were trying to figure out, well, how is God working through me? How might I be important to the church? And sometimes that ends up creeping into, well, how am I more important than other people in the church? Here's the amazing thing, though. If we really understand our gifts and we understand others' gifts, we start to understand that every single person is important to God. Because if, if God, God has given, given each person a purpose, if, if, if all the parts in the sack of, of bolts and screws and all the little pieces that plug in together to form the bookshelf are actually meant to be a part of the bookshelf and, and none of them are spare parts, then no one's unimportant. You're not unimportant and the people around you are unimportant. I'm not unimportant, nor are those who serve with me. We all have a purpose. And that's what we see. Let's go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul writes, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members. Think about that for a moment. Many members. And what, what, what do we find about those many members? The members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So here's the thing that we start out with. Everybody has a gift from God. God has called each person with a unique purpose. That's what we were talking about. And 
once, once we, we see that, that we, we also get, get the sense that, that we don't, we don't all, all have the same gift, and so therefore the fact that some people have different things they're good at than me doesn't make them more important or less important. We can go in either direction. We can think, well, these people have gifts that are so much more useful than what I have to offer. They're, they're important and I'm not. Or we can think, these people can't do what I can do. They're not very important. But no, each part of the body has a different function. It has a different calling. Well, that's, well, that's what we're going to be thinking about over these next weeks. We're going to look, look over the coming weeks at the different gifts that Paul brings out and talks about and think about, well, how does each one of those fit into the body? How do I fit into this list or the, the broader list of different gifts that we find in Scripture? But it has to start with this. Each person has something to offer. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good, good stewards of God's varied grace. God doesn't just say, okay, I want a thousand, a thousand identical-looking people. I want a million identical-looking people. I want all the billions of people who ever know about me to look exactly alike. No, God is the great creator, creates all kinds of different people with different abilities, different interests, different things to bring to his church. Just like, like we see in real life. life. What, what do we, we know when we look around? If we look at our families, if we look at our friends, if we look at our colleagues, we're, we're different. It becomes very apparent. Sometimes, Sometimes it becomes a source of conflict, right? Because we, we don't all want to do the same things. We don't all find the same things interesting or easy. But at its best, becomes really, really good because we can help each other. We can serve alongside one another. So... We just, we just know, know intuitively in the world, world people, people are different. different. All of us have something different, different to offer. And that's, that's the starting point. point. Now, we now should we take a moment here. I'm using the word gift. Can we use gift in different ways? We, we might talk about someone, uh, say a, a child goes to school and is doing really well and gets put in the gifted program and, and, and is just naturally gifted, the person might say, to, to do mathematics or play music or, or paint or whatever it might be. And so, and so we, we talk, talk about, about someone's gifts, gifts in that sense. sense. And, and, and that's, that's relevant to this. There's, There's also another aspect, though. And what, what Paul is talking about here are what we call spiritual gifts. Those things that God brings out in us as we seek to follow him. If you haven't followed him yet, this is something that God is going to bring out as you start to follow him. If you are in the process of following Jesus and being transformed by him, you're experiencing God bringing these things out. And, and they're, they're not, not unrelated. unrelated. There's, There's a nice, nice double, double negative. negative. That's, That's not, not gifted English there. But they, they, they are related, rather, to our natural gifts. Not entirely. We don't we want to mistake the things that we just happen to be good at in school or at work as being the same as spiritual gifts. But, but they, they often, often relate to one another. So, so for example, if you're someone who, say, is really good at... At cooking and uh, hosting and doing those sorts of things, God may bring out a gift of hospitality for you. If you're good at teaching, he may lead you into positions to teach in his church. There are often relations, but they're not exactly the same, and they're not always completely bound to one another. We don't want to forget the, the apostles. How many, How many of them were doing, doing other things that looked look very different from what they did as apostles? You think, think about, say, Peter, fisherman there. there. Um, was he still good at fishing after he became an apostle? I'm sure he was. We, we certainly see during the, the time of Jesus' ministry before he, 
Jesus ascends into heaven, heaven Peter, Peter can still fish just fine. We talked a few weeks ago about how maybe he was even pondering, trying to figure out his place after he denied Jesus, thinking maybe he'd go back to fishing, that sort of thing. And yet we see his spiritual gifts become something else. He becomes a shepherd. He becomes an apostle, a teacher. He does all these things to encourage the, the body of Christ that aren't necessarily related to his ability to fish. So we don't want to typecast people, so to speak. If you're good at something and you look in the church and you say, well, the church doesn't seem to need a fisherman, just as an example, um, it seems like I'm just kind of fishy here. I'm a fish out of water. I don't fit at all. doesn't necessarily mean that's your spiritual gift. On the other hand, it may relate to it. Maybe, Maybe you'll, you'll find that God is calling you to mentor people and you can take them out on a fishing trip and it's a way to connect people and to encourage them. You never know. We need to be open to seeing how God is going to pull it together. It doesn't always pull together immediately the way we might think. Sometimes it does. For example, we think about the Apostle Paul. His whole life is building up to doing exactly what he does. He goes to the equivalent seminary. He studies under the best rabbis. He He's aware of all the theological debates. He's a religious leader before he becomes a Christian. Then after his conversion, he takes all those tools, the tools of learning. He's learned Greek knowledge. He knows all this. He applies it and uses it in his job as an apostle and teacher. Luke, is he, he authors the Gospel of Luke and, and the Book of Acts. He's a physician. That doesn't seem to be terribly relevant for most of it, perhaps. But... Certainly, Certainly the, the, the knowledge, the opportunity to access education that Luke had that would have been leading to becoming a physician that enabled him to write very well. So we see how those gifts tie in. Sometimes it does tie in. The key thing is to be receptive to how God is using us and, and how God is using other people, not to immediately plug them into the place that we think they ought to be or, the, or even ourselves plug, in, plug into a certain place and refuse to see other possibilities. But also, but also to, to be looking for those unique ways God, God has made us and, and to be ready to, to see how God will work in those things. Because again, as Paul's talking about here, we're, we're unique. God's made each of us different. We bring those experiences and those abilities into whatever he's gifting us. We, we, we aren't totally different people when we start to follow Jesus. And we're not totally different people 20 years into following Jesus. God is going to pull these things together. Now, I think, I think one, one of the places, places that we get into trouble with that is that, that we often look at worldly achievements, say worldly leadership, and we say, ah, this person has a gift of leadership. And this is where we get into real trouble because oh, this person's a business leader, that, therefore that person should be a church leader. He should, he should be an elder in the church, and he's going to be great at that. And what we find is that then that person who is good at doing the things the world needs to advance, say, Stepping on other people, worrying about the organization rather than the people being served by all those sorts of things, and suddenly trying to do that in the church. And it blows up, and we say, but I thought we were supposed to apply people's gifts. Well, there we've taken a misunderstanding of a natural gift, because not really even using that natural gift well, but we've taken that misunderstanding and we plugged it into the church and things blow up. No, what we need to do is be looking at Scripture and how Scripture calls us to live and to act and to treat other people. See the places where we or other people filter through that and are actually able to do that well. And there we start to see a sense of the spiritual gifts. 
And as, and as we, we see that, that, we remember that each one is given by God. God. No spiritual gift is better, better than, than the others. And, and that's something that we fall into. into. Too often, I hear people say, they talk to me and they say, oh, you're a pastor. You know, I don't really have anything to offer like that. And that, that is so unfortunate because a pastor doesn't have a better set of spiritual gifts than anyone else. We're, we're called to different parts of serving in the church. We're all just called to serve. And, and if, if you're, you're called, called to serve by working on the building, building using your, your natural abilities that God has given you, but with, with an attitude of service wanting to make that church function well, that's really, really important. important. If, if you're called with a gift of mercy and you can help people who are, are mourning, and help people who are sick, and, and you do that, that is incredibly useful to the church. Teaching is important to the church. But all these things come together. They're, They're all necessary, necessary to be used together. We, we see that, that as we look at the apostles in their example. They don't speak down to other people faithfully using their gifts because they know all these gifts are from God and they're all meant to work together. The church can't work if everyone has the same gift. If everyone were a teacher, the church would not work. If everyone had gifts of mercy and was constantly tending to the sick, that would be wonderful. But no one would be learning how to grow in the faith. If everyone, everyone had gifts, gifts of service and, 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 were, and, and the, the church, church building was beautifully taken care of and everything was working great in the church building, but no, no one was helping those who were in need. No one was sitting with someone who was weeping and, and comforting them. them. It would it be horrible. horrible. We, we need it all. It all comes together. So there isn't a best gift. There are simply the gifts that God puts into our lives. And those gifts we can help other people recognize in their lives as it comes together we serve together. I think it's why when Peter talks about believers, he doesn't make a distinction between, say, quote-unquote, priests and laity, those who, you know, are somehow lesser in some sense. What does he talk about? He talks about how we all are priests. God talks about that all the way back when he's speaking to Moses in the Exodus. He calls the entire nation of Israel a nation of priests. Yes, he did have a designated class of people who were going to be priests in the temple when they operate. But everyone was meant to, to mediate his love to the world, to show his love to the world. So are we. That's what we're called to do. And so here's the thing that you need to know as we go through this list. We're going to look at different gifts each week, and some weeks you might think, well, I don't have any of those gifts. That doesn't mean you have nothing to share with the church, nothing to share with the world. Each of us is called to share God's love in the ways that God has gifted us. And then that is something that he's going to use you to do all we, All we need to do is be receptive. All we need to do is be willing to serve. So it's not about pushing someone else into our mold. not about being pushed into someone else's mold. It's about finding a way to take those unique abilities and to serve. That's why as Paul uses his body imagery, and it's such an important image. We talk about the body of Christ, but really think about it. We know the ridiculousness if we said, Everyone, Everyone needed to be a hand. A body of hands wouldn't function. A body of feet wouldn't function. A body that was all noses wouldn't function. But, but I'm glad I have two hands. I'm glad I have a nose. I'm glad I have feet. These things are useful. We don't need all of one thing. Nor does the church. God has gifted us. And he shaped us just as he shaped the human body. 
When we, we think, think about, about how he made it, it God, God knows, knows how, how to take, take a bunch of different things, things fingers and hands and arms and, and, and hair and everything else and bring it together into a person. person. And, and he, he knows, knows how to bring all his believers together into a body that actually serves. So where, so where do we, we start? start? We start by seeing where we're gifted, where we naturally fit in, and often explore those areas. If, if your natural gifting is, say, to, to, to be a listening, listening ear to people who are hurting, and you, you say, say but, but I think, think the thing that is a good gift is to go far away, thousands of miles away, and, and preach to large groups of people the gospel. Well, that, well, that is, is a good thing to do, but it might not be your gift. gift. Maybe, Maybe it is. Not not worth ask. Ask. It's, not it's not bad to ask, ask the question, but it might be the thing that God, God wants you to do is exactly what you're doing right now. now. Maybe explore it further, expand it. And, and so, so one, one of the things, things I always say is people ask, well, how can I serve in the church? Is, well, what are you doing right now? And one of the things that is very practical we can do is just start trying things. If you're not sure where to serve, if you're not really sure where it is that you're useful, just start by seeing what you can do and seeing those areas that it seems like you're able to use your gifts. And then sometimes you'll realize, well, no, this is not someplace I'm supposed to be. But God will use that and he'll use us together to figure out where we can all serve. The key thing is it's all meant for his glory, not ours. First couple of verses of this chapter, Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Some of the gifts are going to seem really big. Some of them are going to seem itsy-bitsy. What really matters is, are we doing it to God's glory? It's not about being super visible or invisible is about serving God. God. And when, and when we, we worry about, do people see me and see how I'm serving, do people appreciate me, we're going to end up not really doing it to God's glory. Sometimes the smallest things have the most impact. I, I've been coughing and hacking a bit the last couple of days with whatever's in the air. And you, you look at it, you look outside, and actually with the smoke, you've been able to see a little bit of a haze, but, but oftentimes you can't even really see what's in the air. But, but if you, you have any kind of allergies at all, you certainly feel it. it. And you think about those little things, things, things that we can often not even see at all. Pollen, for example, from different plants that, that start pollinating over the summer. Grass pollen, I believe, is high right now. You think about that, you can't even see it, and yet think about the impact it has. Now, it's not a very glorious impact. It's not a good thing. I wish it weren't there, although I'm glad for the plants that grow because of it. But, boy, does it have an impact. Sometimes the ways that we serve in the church are going to feel like we're just some minuscule bit of pollen. No one can see us. It doesn't seem to be doing anything in the moment. But we're going to bring out sneezes of grace. That's what we're called to do. We're just trying to bring out God's glory. Do His work. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. Paul says that grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. We keep in mind that principle, the idea that God has given this to us. It's a gift that Jesus has placed in our lives. And that we're returning that gift to him. We could worry whether it's big or small. God can worry about that. Sometimes we're going to use a bunch of us floating around like little pieces of palm to have a big effect. Sometimes it is going to be super visible. God made the little bit of palm and he made the giant striking 
Ozark mountains that, that, that you, you can't, can't help but miss. He made little things and big things, stars that fill the sky from millions of miles away. And the itsiest drops of, of water that, that add up to refresh us when we drink it. it. He made all, all of that. Key thing is, God enables us. God is the one who's working in us. And then we can take what He enables us to do and then give it out to others and serve together. Because no matter how good we are, whatever it is that God's gifted us, the church won't work with just us. It's so true in every single church. You can certainly see it as you watch what's happening in Little Hills and how it's forming and growing. And the amazing thing is how God keeps placing different people in our, our church, church family, family and how he's using, using that, that to, to build, build a church that can function and can thrive. It was, it was so, so wonderful in the midst of a not wonderful time for me a few months ago when I had chicken pox to, to watch how the church thrived and functioned even when I couldn't be there. there. It was really, really neat. It's, it's neat when we can step back and see how God is gifting other people and enabling his church to move forward. doesn't mean that we don't have a purpose. I, I, didn't I didn't give up hope and decide, well, I, I guess I'm not really needed there. I can't do anything. But rather, it was a chance to see how God was working broadly through the people he's bringing in, and he's continuing to do that. And we need all of it to get the right season to make things taste right. Maybe this weekend or, or this week you'll have some barbecued hot dogs. Don't those look delicious? I love barbecued hot dogs. We're having them again at Little Hills in just a couple of weeks, two Sunday nights from now. Barbecue hot dogs are so delicious, and they're so delicious with the toppings you put on them. Maybe you'd like to put in the chat your favorite toppings. Do you like ketchup or mustard or relish? Maybe some barbecue sauce, some sauerkraut. What do you like to put in your hot dog? What makes a good barbecue hot dog a good barbecue hot dog? Maybe it's the particular kind of meat you like a certain type of hot dog. Or it's the right bun. What is it that you need to have to have a barbecue hot dog? Well, the, the chat's going to be on delay a tad. I don't get to see what you're typing in real time, but I'm, I'm betting one of the things that, that doesn't show up in the chat necessarily, although a bunch of additional brownie points if you mention this, but one of the things that we often overlook is that the thing that makes a barbecue hot dog a barbecue hot dog is a barbecue pit. And the things that go into the barbecue pit, you need the charcoal or the propane. If you don't have a fire, if you don't have a way to cook that hot dog, you can, you can have, have all the sauerkraut and onions and, 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 and relish and, and everything, and that hot dog is not going to be a barbecue hot dog. It's not even going to be a warm hot dog. Hopefully it's pre-cooked, otherwise you're going to get food poison. not going to be a barbecue hot dog. Sometimes we forget the things that are most essential. And we can do that to our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. We, we were so busy worried about the relish and the mustard that we're bringing that we forget that someone else needs to actually be the charcoal that's going to light the fire. We need all of it. And then the master, master barbecue is going to light that fire and is going to make delicious hot dogs. He's going to bring grace into this world through his church, through us. He's going to use us to refresh people, to nourish people. We serve together and we serve each other. Romans chapter 12, once again, in verse 6. Paul writes, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy... In proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. 
have all, all these different, different things. things. They're a pretty, pretty diverse, diverse set, set of things. The key, the key thing, thing is, is we do, do them, them together. together. We, we do, do them, them anxious to serve one another. another. That's, That's what, what we need. I like what Everett Harrison says in reflecting on the list of gifts that we find here and the way that Paul brings them out. He says there's unity, diversity, and mutuality. What does he mean by that? Well, if you think about it, the key thing is there's one body of Christ. He's not talking about, Paul isn't talking about, for the different bodies of Christ, you know, here are some things. No, there's one body of Christ with all these different gifts. Just as you're eating that hot dog, there isn't a relish dog and a mustard dog, and a barbecue dog, and a charcoal dog. No, you have a hot dog that's assembled together with all those delicious things to make the perfect hot dog. Whatever you listed in the chat, whatever you're hungry for on that, you need all those different pieces to make it, right? Likewise, for the most delicious church, for the church that's glorifying God, it needs to be all brought together. So we have that unity. We also have that diversity. We wouldn't want relish to be a hot dog. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want, want charcoal to be a hot dog. dog. Imagine, Imagine trying to light a bunch of hot dogs on fire to cook a hot dog. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you, maybe it's possible. I've never tried it, but it'd be kind of weird. weird. Uh, you, you wouldn't want, want the bun to be a hot, hot dog. dog. We, we, we want, want all these different things to form that perfect hot dog. dog. So, so too, we need that in the body, body of Christ. Christ. And mutuality. We need it to help us to serve one another. When we're serving one another, when we're not looking at our own glory, whether people can notice us and whether we're important enough, but we're, we're thinking, thinking, well, how can, how can I take what I can, I can do and help other people? God, God uses that then to make his body function. Both for the body itself, so that we're helping each other through life. That's what we're called to do in part as a church. But also coming back to that idea of being a priesthood of all believers, that all of us are called to be priests of God. We're called to represent God beyond the church, to the world. And so we do that when we're functioning together. When the world doesn't see us fighting each other, but instead sees us serving each other, and then we're anxious to use our gifts together to serve the world, God brings out his glory to the world. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, that each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And indeed, as the Spirit works in us, as we are anxious to see that happen, God brings out the glory that we say we want. Not for ourselves, but for God. Is that really what we want? Is that where we're focused? If it is, that helps us to navigate some of the waters we run into here where we think maybe someone who, who preaches or teaches or prophesies is most important. We have to get focused on those special effects gifts. Uh, there's lots of debates in the church, for example, on tongues and what's the role of tongues in the church. We'll talk about some of that in the coming weeks. But, but as we think about these different gifts, we, those special effects gifts sound so appealing. Or those upfront teaching and preaching and singing kind of gifts sound really important. But the key thing is, all gifts are special. They're from God. Whatever gift God's given you, it's special because God thought about you before all time and said, this is the gift I want you to have. This is the gift I want you to have so you can serve. We use them... Also, also right, right away, and use them in, in the right way. Notice, Notice what happens when something goes off. This, this light, light over here is now off, and, and, and you, you probably weren't even thinking about it. You, you, you were thinking, well, Tim is just sitting here in front of the camera. It doesn't seem particularly odd. But, but now, now you notice that my face is darker on one side. Something is missing. 
And when, and when you're, you're not using, using your, your gifts, gifts in the church, church something, something is missing. Something, something is darkened. darkened. How can, can we bring light to each other? other? Because, because when we think, think some gifts are more important than others, when we think the light on this side is more important than that side, when we think, well, I don't really need light, I just need a camera, things don't come together right. But when they all come together right, and when we focus on using them to God's glory, we use them the right way, God is going to bring about great things for his church. Things aren't going quite right for our St. Louis Cardinals right now, are they? If you follow baseball, you know that things just haven't been coming together this year. And and it sort of feels like this light being off over here. It feels like, you know, there's some really bright spots. The church, the rather not church. Sometimes if you're not baseball follower, you're saying, boy, those baseball fans, they treat you like church. But, but the, the, those Cardinals, Cardinals it just isn't quite working. It's not quite working. There's some bright spots. There's people like Jordan Walker, the promising rookie that comes up and is doing a, an amazing job, but our pitchers are having trouble. Some of our stars aren't hitting like they normally do. It feels like there's all this darkness being cast, even while there's some light. And people are going to be spending a long time, long after the season's over, trying to figure out exactly why it didn't work, what was wrong. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll find out there was something behind the scenes that we don't know right now. Maybe we won't. Maybe it's just a bunch of different things. But the key thing is, here's a team with a lot of talent, a lot of abilities, a lot of gifts, so to speak. But it's not all coming together into victory. They're losing more often than they're winning. Too often that's the way it is in the church. But may that not be what we do. May that not be what Little Hills does. May that not be what the larger the body of Christ, the broader body of Christ does. We don't, we don't want, want darkness, darkness on one side and light on the other. We're, we're not really able to function. We want to actually be able to do God's work. How do we do that? Well, we investigate. That's what we're going to be doing. How we can serve. But as we're going through these gifts over the next few weeks, don't just be thinking, where is my spot in this? Because then we're just turning on one light. But let's think about... What, what other, other folks have, have their, their lights turned off right now? They're not able to serve. serve. Because as long as we're only focused in one spot, it's still going to have all kinds of shadows. It's not going to work. But when we help each other to see how we're gifted, God's going to take that. And he's going to use that. He's going to bring us glory into the world. Why do we serve? Why do we gather together? Why do we study his word? We study God's word. We come before him because he's gracious. He loves us. We're called to serve graciously, graciously in response. May that be what we do as we do his work. Would you pray with me, please? Father, Father thank, thank you for calling us by your grace to, to serve you. Thank you for bringing us together as the body of Christ that can encourage each other and serve and be those who serve the world. Lord, would you help us? Would you help us in those places we don't yet see where we serve? Would help us not to be blind to the places where others can serve, but to help them and encourage them, that we might truly be a unified body of diverse gifts that serves each other mutually. What a beautiful picture that is. We're reminded of how you serve us and you have gifted us and you've made all of us. And you've called us to follow you. Would you help us to keep our eyes upon you and then to serve this world with your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. It's 
maybe over the next few weeks going to help shed some light for each of us on the places where God wants us to serve next. Next week, we're going to talk about the so-called special effects. We're going to go ahead and hit right up front there because that's where Paul goes first. In Romans 12, as he talks about gifts, he's going to talk about prophecy. Maybe you've wondered, are there modern-day prophets? How do we make sense of that in today's world? We're going to talk about that. Now, if you've never given a prophecy, if you've never heard a prophecy, don't skip next week and think, well, I don't really fit here again. And remember, what we're trying to do is understand how God works in different ways throughout this church so we can encourage each other. And I hope that you'll join me for that. This has been an encouragement to you today. Consider sharing it, giving it a like. There's someone scrolling through Facebook or, or going on YouTube that is wondering, what's my purpose in the world? Why am I even here? And maybe, maybe you can, can be, be the person by doing that that will make that, that video pop up and it can encourage someone else. If there's any way I can be encouraging to you this week, feel free to send a prayer request. You can use our prayer line, 833-356-4032. It's great to hear from you on that. Or leave a comment below. We can serve each other. We can encourage each other just as we were talking about tonight. Because whatever our gifts are, wherever it is that we primarily serve, we certainly are all called to pray, to pray for one another and be an encouragement to one another. Hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. A happy 4th of July tomorrow. And I will look forward to seeing you again next week.